Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max. And joining me here in the booth is Gideon. What's up? Ready to go. And today we are going to be talking about Unbreakable and the newest uh, movie of our uh, little stint here today, Bad Education. Starring Hugh Jackman and uh, who else is in that? Uh, you got Allison Janney and uh, she's the one that comes to mind. Oh, Ray Romano's in it yeah, also. Yeah, Ray Romano. Um, yep. And no, nobody else really of that. Uh, Rafael Casal, who known for probably primarily blind spotting is what I know him from. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So to start out, though, we're going to be talking about Unbreakable since it's an older film, and uh, it came out in, what, 2000? It was an M. Night Shyamalan movie starting uh, the, what, what does he call that trilogy? Does he call it the Unbreakable trilogy? or uh, I think it's called East Rail 277 trilogy is what it's called. Okay. Or would it be 177? Or, uh, is yeah. it 177? It's 177, yeah, 177. so yeah. And that, that whole trilogy is Unbreakable, Split, and Split Glass. And Glass. Which, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's, like, almost a spoiler to say that it's a trilogy. Because, like, when I went to see Split in the theater and, like, the reveal at the end of that movie is the fact that it is a trilogy. I mean, we kind of already said it, so I'm, I'm not going to be afraid of spoiling it. But, like, it blew my mind when I saw that in the theater. That was my favorite part of the whole movie because mm. they, they show that Bruce Willis at the end of it. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I, it just kind of blew my mind that that was something. Because, like, you do anything like that, like a stealth sequel like that, it was crazy. Yeah. And I uh, didn't know that it was a whole trilogy. I thought Unbreakable was its own thing, and then Split and Glass were their own thing, because I had never seen yeah. any of those three movies. And now I've only seen one of them, which is Unbreakable, and I do want to see Glass. I'm not sure how I feel about Split. I've, I've been told I wouldn't necessarily need to see that to understand what's going on in, the, in, the, in Glass. But... Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought Unbreakable was really good. And now... Uh, just to summarize it a little bit, this guy uh, who's played by Bruce Willis is in this train wreck and is the sole survivor of it, pretty much. There was one other person that survived, but then they died in the hospital not long after. He he made it out without a scratch, and uh, he was just, like, knocked out, but he came out, no concussion, no, no cuts, no nothing. Um, and then it kind of draws the eyes of... Samuel Jackson's character, who is kind of the opposite, where he was born with uh, with a disease that makes his bones very uh, brittle. And, he, you know, he's had tons of bones break in his lifetime. And, you know, if he falls, he's pretty much hospitalized for months. And uh, so he, he's got an obsession that, uh, of, of comic book heroes and, and comic books, thanks to his mother getting him into that to motivate him to go out and experience the world, even though it is a risk for him. And uh, I thought it was really cool the way that they kind of show Samuel Jackson right at the beginning uh, when he, because they show him being born, he must have been born in like a department store of some sort. 
and then you only see it in the reflection. And then the next time you see him, yeah. you know, he's a baby in that, but you don't even realize you're looking at a reflection because it's the whole screen is yep. this and there's and no... And they kind of pull out. and then, They pull out and you yeah. see that it is in a mirror. And then the next time you see him, he's like 10, 11. And again, it's a reflection this time in like an old glass TV screen. And uh, which which I thought was really cool. And I, I always think that M. Night really does a good job with his symbolism and... He yeah. does it in a way that I don't think is too pretentious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like kind of it's very obvious what he's doing with his symbolism in a lot of ways, especially in this movie in particular, but just like in all of his movies. But like, it's not it's obvious, but it's not like didactic. It like has a very obvious purpose, but it doesn't feel out of place because it's very clear what it's trying to do and what it's doing is is serving like an emotional purpose to it too it's not just like okay here's symbolism for the sake of symbolism like it feels like it means something and it and it comes along with like this emotional uh hit to it yep and in a lot of it, ways now i have a bad memory when it comes to character names in movies oftentimes i usually remember this plot but i can't tell you what this person's name was so samuel jackson's character mr glass uh, starts yeah. talking to Bruce. Elijah Price is his oh, actual name. Elijah Price. And then what was Bruce Willis's character's name? Uh, David Dunn. David Dunn. So yeah. Elijah confronts David about his seemingly, uh, or seeming to have this impervious. He seems to be unbreakable. Yeah, un unbreakable as the, as the title would say. And I mean, he asked him, has there ever been any times you've been in a cold or have you ever been hurt or anything like this? And he thinks about it and he comes up with some ideas, but as it goes on, you realize that less and less of yeah. those actually were him getting it hurt. Yeah. And the only time he ever really had any sort of danger to his life was when he got pneumonia and when he almost drowned. Right. And, uh, well, gotten, yeah. Yeah. And pneumonia being, you know, water in the lungs and, and, or liquid in the lungs. So it's like, again, it, it, it all has to do with water in that. And, and Elijah tells him that like his superhero weakness seems to be water. Yeah. Which ties in way later in the film. But yeah, so... Yeah. And the thing about that that's kind of brilliant is like they're using uh, Elijah Price's investigation of David Dunn to be in like an emotional investigation on his past also. Like mm -hmm. him investigating his uh, abilities, his supernatural abilities, also at the same time reveals like who he is as a character mm -hmm. and like his weaknesses and his strengths and the ways in which he's been doubting himself in his life, in his relationship with his kid, in his relationship with his wife. Yep. And like all of that stuff is established like when he comes off the train and that in that long take when he comes out of the when he comes out of the yep. out of the out of the room in the emergency room and, and his, and his the, kid yep. takes his his kid this like everything is communicated visually. No words. His kid takes his hand, yep. puts it in his wife's hand you see them walk away and he slowly lets go of his wife's hand as the paparazzi take pictures of him and they walk out of the hospital. Like yeah. everything you need to know about their family dynamic is entirely communicated in that single shot. And it's so perfect. Like every, like it's just filmmaking on a level, like he, like he's pushing the boundaries of what you can do with the, with the camera rather than just opting for the easy option. Yeah. Um, on a kind of funnier note though, on that scene, when I saw that, the only thing that was coming to mind was Melania slapping Donald Trump's hand out of, out of hers that one time when they were like walking down the, the plane steps. I was just like, come on. Like, I can't see that now without thinking of that. But 
I just I just got a chuckle from that. But yeah, I I seriously I really enjoyed this movie. Did you did you like it? Was that kind of Yeah, I mean, I think this might be the single most emotionally engaging superhero film ever, period. Except like at least in live action. Like you've got the like the Incredibles and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse are the two that I would point to besides this as like superhero movies that have like a really uh thought out emotional core to them mm -hmm. um but like this I, don't, I can't even think of another uh live action superhero movie that like does what unbreakable does in terms of just like human emotion and communicating it as well as this movie does um because like spider-verse has that that like a, a few super awesome like Emo huge emotional moments like when he's jumping off the building um or when he's or when him and his dad are on either side of the doorway and he's kind of like he's trapped and and peter parker has webbed him up and he so he can't talk to him and his dad's just talking to him hoping that he can mm. that he'll listen to him it's like that or like the incredibles doesn't have any of those like big moments but it does have this like really um well thought out emotional core running throughout about like fatherhood and a family and and uh bob parr's relationship kind of to like life in a midlife crisis and etc I can't think you don't necessarily one. find in other superhero movies, but like this one, like the, like I said, that opening, sh that open, that shot in the hospital tells you everything you need to know about what this movie's going to do to you emotionally. Like everything with his kid in this movie is like, I'm on the verge of tears because it's like, it's so quiet, but every single thing, like every single uh mannerism like speaks volumes like, and I think M. Night Shyamalan is really great at casting kids like between this uh, between this kid, the, uh, Haley Joel Osment in Sixth Sense, and then the two kids in Signs, mm -hmm. um, like all of them are like eight, like the best kid acting I've ever seen. Like, yeah, uh, those They're, are th th those are the top of the list, basically. I don't know. I, I think Macaulay Culkin's pretty good as a kid actor, but uh, his stuff was typically more comedy. But yeah, he he was solid at that age. But I, yeah, there were some that were definitely bad kid acting. First Jurassic Park, I think, has the worst example of kid acting in it. Um, and then the third one fixes that though. I think Jurassic Part Three is the has one of the best ones. Um, I I I can think of one other superhero movie that I think kind of hits good emotional notes like this very well. Uh, though it's not a superhero movie as described by its writer. Um, it's it's more about a group of friends that you know kind of discover themselves and they just happen to have powers at a certain point in the film. Uh, and that would be Chronicle. Um, because that one really does focus on the characters far more than the powers and, and how each of them has like a different, different upbringing and how that affects them and how they are in social situations really changes it. And I think, I think Chronicle does a good job with that. Uh, I can, and then as far as other on screen interpretations of that, I, I'm hard pressed to find another one. I can think of like maybe a couple comic series, but that's it. You're, so you're right that there is a very um, fine, fine line here with, with superhero movies that aren't like... Yeah, I think the Raimi Spider-Man movies do a pretty good job of that also. But like, they're, it's not the same. Like, like they, they're, they're very... They're, it's like the difference between focusing on the powers and focusing on the characters, right? And mm -hmm. I think the Raimi Spider-Man movies do tend to focus on the characters pretty well. Um, I haven't seen them in forever, though, honestly. But like, compared to like the the recent DC movies or MCU movies, like both of those are are very much in, uh, about like building 
cinematic universe and like all the very like who has what powers and where are they at what time and like yeah. what do we need to go and get now and like this is just not follow like any 15 protagonists yeah you know which is fine like i i i, I there's there's great mcu movies that do that very well and you can enjoy it on that level but i feel like like when you can do something that's like this, where you can just weave a perfect emotional story, mm -hmm. um, like that is is just more interesting to me overall than anything that the MCU has really done. Honestly, like I feel like mm. Unbreakable is better. Unbreakable is better than any MCU movie. I mean, that might be controversial to say, but like I think it probably is. I think I enjoyed watching the first Iron Man more. I enjoyed watching uh, the 2009 Hulk movie more, and then. I don't know, Iron Man 2 maybe also more, but not many others. I'm not a big... I don't like many movies from either DC or Marvel when it comes to like a broad overview of it. Most of them I could care less about. It usually has to be on a specific superhero I already like, and then from there on, it, if it's a good movie, it, I like it. So the first two Iron Man, I really, uh, Iron Man movies I really like. The third one is okay, but I, you know, I would never like rent it or go see it in theaters again if it was re-released um I, I really like the ed norton hulk uh i think ed norton was probably the best bruce banner ever and much better than mark ruffalo in my opinion just because he's got more of the vibe i think and uh but yeah but this movie as a standalone non-connected to any real comic uh superhero movie i think it's really solid and and that's hard to do yeah. When you're just making a superhero movie that isn't based off of any original property, then you know that then you you got a lot to to overcome. Right, and he and I think he does it by like focusing on the characters, yes. and not including like extra elements as far as. They, but the thing is, he still does have the the big superhero origin story moment when he fights the the guy in the orange jumpsuit at the end. Yep. Um. So you do get that element of it. Um. But, like, it's very much a movie that uses the superhero structure to, like, comment on the nature of comic book structure. Like, and the fact about, like, who a villain is and who a hero is in, like, a symbolic way. Um, it's very much interested in, in what, a, like, a symbol is or can be. Um, and it uses, like david dunn's growth and elijah price's growth throughout like i think like david dunn is is, a, is at the at the center of this movie but like elijah price is just as much as he is yes um and like his stuff is just as much emotionally engaging as anything that david dunn does um yeah i mean elijah's story is the one that you start this movie with not david's right you know it it shows that these two are are balanced characters yeah and elijah isn't necessarily a villain in it you know, he, he's just kind of the catalyst for developing David's understanding of his world and um, and kind of real like helping him realize that he has powers and whether he accepts it or not, you know, that, that yeah. he talks about the emotional strain that he's put on himself by not doing what he could be doing. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of like saving people and like why why would he would choose a security uh, job. Out of all the jobs he could have done and and just yeah that's really interesting because i think like regardless of whether or not he's the quote-unquote villain mm -hmm. of the story i think he in this specific story kind of functions as the antagonist if you know what i mean like even before like throughout throughout the whole entire thing because like he's 
he is challenging David Dunn. Like they're they're fighting over this uh, over like who David Dunn, like what David Dunn is. Like if How he's he going to become himself. Like and he's and he's the one and Elijah Price is the one. Mister Glass is the one antagonizing him. Yep. In not in the typical sense of you think of antagonize, but like antagonizing him is in like forcing him towards that direction yeah. through kind of like stalking a little bit and influencing the family around David. And like, well, right, yeah. I mean, he does it in kind of weird ways, but eventually David starts to realize that he's right, that Elijah's right, and it. I mean, it it affects his family almost more than David for a while, especially his kid. There's a big confrontation at the dinner table. Oh my gosh. That scene, that scene is tense. Oh my goodness. But, uh, I mean, there, there's so much, <laughs> so many good scenes in this, in this film. And like, that was that one of one, the best one. The newspaper scene at the end, like mm. I was legit, not even joking, like in tears because like, it's like I said, it's that thing before where he like Shyamalan is using silence. Yeah. But, everything you need is being communicated and like there's so much emotion there and no one is saying a single word yeah like and it's just, uh, like just thinking about it is giving me chills like that's how much it's doing in that scene and it's like i don't want to talk about it because i want people to watch this movie because i don't think it's like super i mean people know about I it i feel I think, like it's 50 50 i think this gets a little more uh a little more broader uh or it's been viewed by, by a broader audience more than like the prestige has or other things like that where that one I feel like really went under the radar and is a good example of a great movie that has big actors but it just totally is ignored this one I think I I, I know people have talked about it I know I've seen reference of references of it in pop culture and seen the pictures of the of the the cover of like the DVD case and stuff like that like I I can visualize the aesthetics of it in the real world um, more than other movies that we have seen here. And uh, so I, I feel like it's, it's seen a decent amount of, of coverage, but it isn't as huge as other ones, especially not of M night Shyamalan's like Sixth sense. Almost everybody's seen that, you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it made $248 million worldwide mm -hmm. and that's in 2000 yeah, money in 2000. That's, that's pretty decent. So that's a pretty decent hit. I mean, not as much as The Sixth Sense, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he was coming off of The Sixth Sense, though. That was yeah. the thing. That was like his biggest movie, I would I would think. Sixth Sense or Signs. I can't think of what other M. Night ones um, are, are as big as that. Okay, so Sixth Sense worldwide made $672 million. That's um, very good, Domestic, yeah. 293. And Signs made um, $408 million worldwide. So more than Unbreakable did. But um, still, Signs is also like god tier movie. Like, you think so? Big time underrated. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to be giving our scores for Unbreakable. So stick around. Hi, I'm Larry Miller. Weekdays at eleven, we bring you programs on topics you can use, from computers to health, home repair to gardening. Our experts have answers to your questions. And we discuss Wisconsin's natural areas and the best ways to enjoy them. Weekday mornings at 11, here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. And we're back. I'm your host, Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon, and this is Script to Screen. We're talking about the film Unbreakable, and we're about to give it our scores. 
Gideon, what's our first category here? The first category for Unbreakable is first impression. I was very pleased by this movie. I think uh, it is it is a very just solid written movie. It visually is awesome, and it's a little less pretentious than some of some of M Night Shyamalan's other films. Which sometimes right. with auteurs, I have an issue with that. I feel like sometimes they get a little too big headed, and and ones like Signs, I feel like towards the end kind of gets a little too full of itself. Six well, cents. I, I wouldn't say it's okay. It, signs is not. This is more like pretentious than science. Like I don't think that's the right word for like science. I think at the end is like, maybe it is pretend. Like it's it's not okay. Whatever. I I just think pretentious might not be the right word. I'm still looking for a right word. You can keep going. But I mean, M Night is not as bad as some other people. I think Wes Anderson is the most like full of himself auteur in 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 cinema. Yeah, but okay. But but okay. anyways, that's a discussion that's, for a different day. But. but I'm saying that this was this instantly took. <laughs> My fa- took the spot for my favorite M Night M Night Shyamalan movie. Before this, I think it was Sixth Sense. Even though I'm not one of the people that agrees with the, the kind of the twist ending, I kind of see it a different way. But how can you not agree? It's same way with Shutter Island. It's kind of like there are different ways to interpret it, and all because the movie's not in the Sixth Sense. To- there's not. I disagree. But anyway, <laughs> there's like not much ambiguous. Like that's the thing about Shyamalan. Shyamalan is not ambiguous in the way he leave. Like he never I'm, really leaves things ambiguous. I'll I'll say this because like there's other anything. directors who use who use kind of like that ending the, the their ending to create more ambiguity. And Shyamalan's not one of those people. Like he's much more interested. Like same thing with the village. Like he's much more interested in like creating something that's true at the end and has been true the entire time and just doesn't tell you that it is true until the end and uses its plot throughout to chip away until you finally realize that truth. And I think that's why Shyamalan can be d- divisive for some people. But like and because I feel like some people would rather have his endings have more ambiguity to them. And but like I feel like he's like the just the that's just the way he works. And the way it works, I think, is just really interesting because he's he's interested in discovering what the truth in fact is and 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 what the truth can mean as a result of it being true as us before we've known that it is true, if that makes sense. And all of his movies are kind of about that. Mm. This one included in that. Um for me, so, for me, just last thing I'll say about Sixth Sense, I think it's just everybody's kind of quiet around him, but, you know, he's always there. I just think, you know, we're catching it in these scenes after they've just finished up a sentence, and then it's just, that's, well, that's, that's my... That's what you're supposed, that's what, like, you're, the and sleight I subscribe of hand to, is. Well, I subscribe to that throughout the whole movie, 100% of it, not just the first, you know, two acts. Or, or just before. I have the, no the idea what you're real. even saying. I will, <laughs> I will explain it later. But for this, for Unbreakable, I think I would give my first impression for this a nine. I was very pleased with this movie. I was very happy with it. It is now my new favorite M Night Shyamalan movie. Um, I'm excited to see Glass. Not so much to see Split, but still, I'm very excited to see Glass, and I want to continue this trilogy. Yeah, I would say like this, Sixth Sense, and Signs are like all tied for first for me. Mm. For for M Night's filmography, um, this is like right on the edge of a nine out of ten. Like honestly, all three of those. Like last night after I watched this, um, all three of those in my head, I'm like, these are all like right on, literally on my edge from like my top forty. I have, I I rate movies really weirdly. Yeah. My on my top one hundred, I have my top forty are are t- are all tens, and then after that, forty one is nine until you get to I think one hundred fifty, and then after that, I go down to eight. It's really stupid and and not really the way you should. Hey, if it movies. works for you, 
It's good enough. Yeah, it's just, yeah, whatever. Um, But, like, literally, Six Sense Science and Unbreakable, I have, like, all in, like, the 40, like, the 38 to 43. I think they're all in that range. So, so they're, like, all they're all tight all right together. On, yep. All tight together, all right on the edge of being 10s. Um, so so where do you put this as first impression? I'm going to say 9 for now. Yep. Because um, I feel like I'm not, like, there's just, there's, there's just like weird random things in this movie that like stay keep it from being quote unquote perfect. Um, yeah, I agree. Like the weird thing at the end where they stop it to do the stupid titles, like that's so like it's a it's such a perfect ending aside from that, and then they throw that in there, and it's like like what like why did you really need that in there? It's just like I don't like it serves absolutely zero purpose, but then everything else around it is perfect. So like I don't I don't even know. It's yeah. and that's not the, that's not really a huge complaint because it's just so cosmetic and doesn't really matter. Okay. Um. So, so nine for you, nine for me on first impression. What's the next? category? Yeah. Next then? category is story. Story. I was also very pleased with this. I think I would give it an eight. I don't know. Uh, oh man, that's actually tough. I'm kind of between a seven and an eight. I don't know if it was as as good as it could have been in in some ways. I don't know how I would have rewritten it, but I know it wasn't like the most incredible story ever i think for me I, I disagree with that i think this is like straight up engaging start to finish like every every single scene like has like a perfect purpose like you might not necessarily realize what its purpose is until later i mean give like, it a it seven is, it is okay like it it just has a really compelling engine at the center and then it's characters built around that moving forward like it just does exactly everything that a story needs to do um i, I think in terms of how much it drew me in and the 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 level of creativity in it is not as high as the sixth sense. I really like the sixth sense's plot, and and I think something like that that's a little more fictitious and kind of tries to reach out a little more. Like I tend to gravitate towards those movies, towards more, you know, if it has some crazy concept to it, if it's a cool, you know, unique setting, something like that. That tends to draw me in more than a movie that is grounded in reality. Um, and although yeah, this isn't perfectly the, yeah. drawn, grounded in reality, this one's more than the six senses, I think. I mean, maybe, but like the six senses doing the same thing that this is, it's using like a ghost story elements on the outside, but at the same, but at the same time, like at its core, it's still very human elements. And it's just basically a drama throughout the entire thing. Just, you've got ghost story stuff happening every once in a while i mean not every once in a while but like it's 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 very much baked into the core of what the movie is but like the ghost story elements only serve to further the drama in the same way that in unbreakable the superhero elements only serve to further the drama uh, both of david dunn's family and of elijah price's sort of uh like trying to find this place in the world where do you put this story then where do you rank that this has got to be like at least a nine Okay, nine for you then. If not like a ten, because it I like it just does everything like you need to do. It's got I it see the the thing about stories is that they're really hard to grade. Um, mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways because there's so many different elements that go into a story. Yes, and it's like you have to almost grade each of those individually and then figure out what each of those actually are and then like in your head and just on the spur of the moment it's kind of hard to figure that out. But like mm -hmm. I feel like this just has everything you need and does it all perfectly. All right. Next, near perfectly, at least. So you're in between a nine and a ten. Yeah, I'll just, I'll say nine. All right. Um, third category is acting. I don't think I had any issues with anybody's acting in this. Yeah, there were. I mean, 
it was, I mean, one, they keep it a, a rather small cast, yeah. which always helps if, you know, in a category like this, because the more people you have, eventually one of them is not going to be great. Next film we're going to re review, you know, there were a few people that weren't particularly amazing in it, but others that were, but but it had a larger cast. This one, I think the acting is is pretty much spot on. Um, Bruce Willis is always good. Everybody around him was good. Samuel Jackson's always a pro. Uh so I'd say probably a nine. I I mean I wouldn't go any lower than that, but I I I don't know if there's anybody who was like so perfect in it that I would give it a ten. But I think a nine is is right on. Yeah, I think the only kind of weak spot or at least weird spot in the acting is Charlene Woodard, who plays uh, Elijah Price's mom, mm. but she's like the exact same age as Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Well, um, so she just doesn't like when at the end, she's when she's only in it for like five seconds as right. It, I, right. But it's just kind of like, she does not look like an old lady. Um, so it's not her fault as a performer. I mean, if um, they did it now, 20 years later, I think the world of cosmetics and, and you know, what they could do to make her look older have, has advanced so much. I think it's more of a product of the time and what they had to do. No. Yeah. I'm not, it's, it's definitely, I agree with you there. It's not. I mean, it like, like I said, it's it's like the it's like the thing at the end with the sub with the titles. It's a it's a cosmetic blemish. It doesn't really uh, affect the 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 core of the story, which is very its foundation is is so solid that something like that is just a stupid observation. It I think that's matter. more of a criticism for look and feel than than the acting. You know, sure, that would be more. Of, that's more of an aesthetic I mean, criticism. I mean, maybe like, but like look and feel is more so like. Vis like the visual design mm -hmm. and the well, it's a, I mean it's everything. It's costume design, like costume design. Okay, music. so saying co costume design is part of. Yeah, I suppose you're right. That's not acting. I mean, yeah, I know, but like acting, we usually look at the characters. I feel like we should almost lump uh, character design in with acting. I don't know. That's a, a debate for another day. But uh, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. So, um, so acting, you what you say? What was your? I score? said nine. You said acting. nine. Yep. Um, I think I'm gonna go eight. Okay. Because the performances, are, like, I'm just looking back at my other scores. Um, like, the performances are all great. But like I said, like, I usually feel like nines are, like, Oscar-worthy performances. Oh. I mean, I'd have to look back at 2000. See what else it's years, competing see with. See what else it's competing against and kind of, like, just in general. I feel like, like, Bruce Willis is giving a really decent performance. I feel like his performance in Sixth Sense might be a little bit better. Mel Gibson's performance in Science is probably better. Um Samuel L. Jackson's performance here is really captivating. Um, I always felt Mel was kind of like just blank stare Mel in in signs. In signs? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think like M. Night Shyamalan has this really interesting, another like a tourist kind of thing about him is that he's like very, like his characters tend to be sort of cold in a lot of ways. Yeah. But like he finds emotion in their their cold nature you're right they kind of do always act kind of distant or kind of like detached right, from whatever's going like on so much suppressed emotion yes. inside of that yes, and that's so fascinating to me and he does and that's what he do he's doing here that's and in signs i've never thought of that like, but you're oh, right yeah um so i'll go with eight for acting on to look and feel uh this one i think ends up being a six the world kind of feels empty i think it 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 seems I mean, sadly, it's a, a bit of a product of the time. You know, 2000 was not a, a great time aesthetically for certain effects, for certain uh, visual themes. You know, I just think, I think a six is where it's at. It's not worse than a six, but it definitely could have used some improvement. I don't like how they were, like, 
showing his visions when he would touch somebody. Like it just oh, seemed man, it's odd. So cool though, like I, it's, it's like, a cool it's power and it's a good idea. Thing. But but they do and, it. But I, they do communicate it visually. Like they don't have to explain any of that. And I think the way that they visually communicate it isn't aesthetically very good. And but there are better ways to do it. Using color though. Like I know it's the, the color motif yeah, that that's yeah, but, that's also signifies the villain at the end, right? With the yeah. with the purple, but like you've also got at the same time like all these other villainous characters who are being revealed through their own through their own color. Yeah, well, I still give it a six. I think they they definitely could have done brilliant. better. Um, I think everything about the visual design in this movie is like kind of insane. Like mm -hmm. like I said before, he's using camera angles and doing things with the camera that like just filmmakers don't usually do. Um, like just the extreme high angles, like the the angle in the closet when he reaches up for the gun in the newspaper, mm. um, or like 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 we said with the re reflections and shooting at the camera and then pulling back and then looking, or oh my gosh, the upside down camera motif that he uses throughout this, like uh, kind yeah, of yeah, on the comic book right mind. at the beginning. Well, it's not just that though; it's at the comic book at the beginning. It's Joseph looking at the TV too when he realizes that his father is dead, and then at the same time, it's also uh. Uh, him when he falls on the stairs and uh, uh, or oh. Mr. Glass when he falls on the stairs and he's looking at the at the guy, guy with the gun down. like uh, like it makes it connects those things visually in your head so you're like okay so how does how does uh, Mr. Glass reading a comic book is he, he's using the same visual language to communicate that as he's using to watch um, uh, the the son watching his watching the TV to find out his father's death and those two things are like visually connected so from there you go like okay so he's reading the comic book that could lead him to take this action that's symbolizing his mindset when watching that and that's the reason why the train crashed in the first place mm. like I that's kind of where where my head went or like the thing where um they do like the hero villain dolly in shot on Mister Glass or on uh, David Dunn. And you don't even really realize that's what it is. But, like, it, I think that's what it is. It's a hero villain dolly in shot, which you're going to do when you're dolling in on a hero shot. Like, it's a hero shot. But, like, you don't realize what that is until you really fully grasp who these characters are. Okay. And these characters are exactly against each other as they're supposed to be. Um, so I think the visual design in this and the way that Shyamalan uses the camera, and even especially the camera and color is, like, has such an incredibly clear purpose. Um... And he's using, uh, and like I don't see other other filmmakers like it's like I said it's 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 symbolic and purposeful, but um, like it it just is amazing to me. I I'm gonna give this a nine. Okay, next category. Uh, final category is effect. I think I would give this a an eight. I think I think it was a very good movie. Again, it it dethroned. Uh, Signs and Sixth Sense, which are constantly in a battle for the number two spot now. Um, <clears throat> but I, I see those as pretty much equal movies, both freaky and both really cool concepts. And um, yeah, this one definitely is now my favorite M. Night movie. I don't know if I'm going to like Glass even more. I'm, I'm kind of keeping I an open mind. It. It's not. I, I don't know. I feel like I might. But yeah, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I definitely like it. For me... Like, like I said before, I was on the verge of tears this entire movie. Like, I think it's that emotionally uh, resonant with me. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, it's also just engaging on like a, from a plot perspective and like who's going to do what, when, and like, why are they doing everything? And like, everything is engaging as far as like a thriller is concerned too. Um, it's, it's like one of Shyamalan's cited influences, Hitchcock. And obviously Hitchcock is one of my favorite directors. I've told you that before. Um, but like, I think he's doing what Hitchcock does really well, which is creating a piece of, 
uh, entertainment that can also function as art. And this movie is exactly that. This is like a nine for effect for me. Nine for effect. All right. When we come back, we will give the full score for Unbreakable and then talk about our next movie, Bad Education. Stick around. My daughter got whooping cough when she was only two months old. Her cough was so bad she couldn't breathe and she was in the hospital for nearly a week. Doctors told us that even though Mary Grace was too young to be vaccinated, we could have protected her by getting vaccinated ourselves. I'm Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Adults need a booster vaccine to protect themselves and those around them from whooping cough. Ask about it the next time you're at your doctor's office or pharmacy. Visit adultvaccination.org. Welcome back. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. I'm Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon, and we are going to be talking about bad education after our full summarized score of Unbreakable. Gideon, what's the score? All right, Unbreakable finished at an 83. 83. That's a. I think that's a pretty solid score for it. I, I was thinking it was going to come in around the mid-80s because I, I was very pleased with it. I figured you'd like it, too. And uh, it seems I was yeah. correct on that. Puts it right above Tenet, which we scored last week at an 81. Mm-hmm. So, Do we not have an 82? No. Nothing's landed on 82 Got an yet. 84, though, for The Shining. Okay. So I think, I, honestly, I like Unbreakable more than The Shining, but... I like The Shining more than Unbreakable. See, but, I, I mean, but it's so close. I mean, you know, that could all just be a... I mean, just a one, a one or two point difference really, you know... Puts them almost at the same yeah. level of I feel like, cinema quality. Yeah, I feel like saying Unbreakable is not, is better than The Shining is definitely a controversial opinion um, in the film community. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. If you come into like the debate or something like... Not as sleep. controversial as saying that Dr. Sleep is better than The Shining, though. Eh, you know, sometimes the sequel is better. It just happens. Uh, but now, our next, our next <laughs> film we're going to be talking about is Bad Education. This is... Uh, you know, 20 years newer than Unbreakable here. Just came out. It's on uh, HBO Max. It stars Hugh Jack, Hugh Jackman. And uh, <clears throat> it's about a guy who is a superintendent of a school. And, or, I, yeah, Rosalind School in, I think it's what, school New Jersey? District. School District in, in New Jersey. Or Ye- maybe Long yes. Island. No, Long Island. Long Island, yeah. yeah. And um, it slowly becomes realized that that there's been some serious embezzling going on using the school's budget oh yeah and uh high ups in the in the in the board uh are using credit cards that just pretty much charge right to the school's account and there's this young woman who's a student at the Rosalind High School and uh she kind of starts digging into this and like figuring out oh my gosh like there's this big thing going on with all these all these higher ups that are stealing funds and uh at first uh well i don't know how much i want to spoil about this yeah i mean it's just a really interesting process of reveals yeah you can't Um, you almost can't it's also super new so like i feel like you've given them the basic premise and that's pretty much all you need to know like that's the basic hook for it um the the uh female super or one of the board members that is right across from hugh jack Hugh Jackman there, and she kind of uh, has some conflict earlier Pam on. Gluckin? Yeah. Yeah, she's, I, she's hilarious. It took me about halfway through the movie to realize, hey, she's in the way, way back. 
She, like I, I couldn't. I, I knew I had pictured her. She's face. in a lot of things. I looked at my letterbox stats. Mm-hmm. She is literally the actress I've seen in the most movies. Really? Yes. And I was like, Wow, Alice and Janney. I'm just. I was just surprised. But yeah, I've seen uh, 16 of her movies, which apparently is the most I've seen from any actress ever. Which that's is kind of weird. And that's including the Way Way Back. And yes, I did Sweet. watch the Way Way Back. Well, I know you did. We reviewed it, but I'm just saying. Like, no, I just came in and didn't watch and just winged it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't ever assume that of you Gideon I really wouldn't but uh thank yeah. you <laughs> but I think lot. she does great I, th- I think everybody is like pretty solid in this in this film and it, it was a fun story to kind of watch unfold uh not unlike an M. Night movie where it's like you don't know all the facts right away but again this one felt I, I think the aesthetics it's, of this are, are somewhere in between a, a mainstream movie and an indie movie, and it's, that, it's a weird thing. Very much feels like a David Fincher to movie movie to me. David Fincher in a lot of ways, espe- especially the reveal sequence. Like mm. it feels much more similar to David Fincher than like um, than Shyamalan does because like it's less so like there's like this huge thing at the end, so much as there's like these small incremental sort of like okay here's this and just for unraveling the conspiracy. Um, so like you see that in, in social network or signs or fight club is more, much more similar to a Shyamalan reveal than it is those other movies. But like, I feel like, and even especially the visual design of this, like it's so, everything is so controlled and like the, there's not much handheld, which mm-hmm. is another thing that, sh- that David Fincher does. David Fincher, like almost never, ever, 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 ever uses handheld. Like in literally the social network, there's literally only one handheld shot in the entire movie. And I think I'm pretty sure I kind of like tracking shot into the into the different party handheld yeah oh in the social network yeah yes it's yeah that was handheld yeah the is only that one the no, scene yeah it okay is. cool like the one when the cops Hold come it. in i i was thinking more the establishing one when the people are getting off the bus and then they're walking in no that's no that's that's not that's not handheld i the wasn't part, sure i've only seen the movie once but i do remember that scene yeah no the part at the end when the cops come in um Got it. yeah that's that's when they do, when it goes handheld quick question what's the movie with hayden christensen where he's a reporter and he oh I want to see that it's called oh what's it's it like called glass what's it called? something yeah oh uh, uh, it's not, oh shoot it's not glass I'm onion that's no, a Beatles it's song not. I really want to like see that. this movie though it's really, isn't it just onion no gosh I definitely have it? heard of this and it's definitely on my watch list that is a movie that I think aesthetically is very similar to this especially in the way that they reveal things and the way that it's it's filmed I feel like that one is a very very close um, movie. Shattered glass. Shattered glass. I knew it had something to do with glass or onions or something like that. I always did. I always. Get I did come up with it before. I I looked him up on IMDb and like as I was looking up at his name, I didn't. Know, I, I just came to my mind ahead of time. Yeah. Yep. That's funny that you know we're talking about split glass, shattered, shattered glass, glass now. <laughs> just just keep it going unbreakable. Just all these uh, <laughs> all these movies with that kind of title. Uh, but yeah, I I feel like that one has a very similar aesthetic to to this. But, yeah. Um. I. I. I was very pleased with it, though. I. I didn't think I would like this movie as much as I did. Now I'm so, sorry to say, folks, that it. It might not have the happiest ending. Like it. You know, it's not one of those movies that kind of brings it up. So it's again kinda, very similar to David Fincher. But I. I was gonna say it's uh, similar to. Um, oh, what's the drumming movie that you? What, oh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. It's. I. I kind of feel like it almost yeah, has a Whiplash feel, but it's not as vibe. bad. It's not as bad as Whiplash in that. Yeah, Whiplash respect. has like this weird vibe where it's the the two opposite uh, ends of possible character catharsis both happen at the same time, positively and negatively. Mm-hmm. 
um, where he's achieving everything and losing everything at the same time. Yep. Whereas this is much more similar to a David Fincher story where like, uh, where they're losing everything after they've already achieved it. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's almost like Wolf of Wall Street in mm, some ways, which is, yes. which, but it's, 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 it's not the same vibe though. No, like it's Wolf, not. Wolf of Wall Street is very much different vibe where, where he's like, he's, Wolf of Wall Street is a great perfect comparison because Wolf of Wall Street is communicating something completely different yes. where it's saying like, basically you, you scumbag audience, you enjoyed this movie. You should feel bad about yourselves yeah. uh, for enjoying this three hour, uh, debauchery fest um, <laughs> but uh, it is about embezzling too in a way it is, like that's it is. it's like, an interesting one but like but wolf of wall street doesn't explicitly condemn its main character in the same way that this one does yes um very cool ending by the way i i really liked how yeah, they did yeah, that me too me too a little, little more artsy than i usually tend to like but i i definitely liked that ending the rest like this one felt somewhere between like i said a hollywood film and an indie film it was kind of like in between in the way that they yeah. held certain shots and the, in the use of silence and the use of um, really unique camera angles. Sometimes they would like have characters. I remember somebody was like sitting in a chair and then the person just like stands up, but the camera stays there. Oh, and I love that it. shot. So yeah. it's like, you know, he's fixing his Are you talking about when they're, when you're talking about when they're like confronting uh, confront, her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it, there, there were a lot of, Techniques used typically in indie films that that seem to be used more, and and this film obviously had a bigger budget, and it, it was just an interesting mix. Who directed this? Okay, so his name is Corey Finley. Um, Has he done anything else major? He shot. He made Thoroughbreds, which I haven't seen yet, but I want to see. Okay. I think that's like his only other project. Hmm. Um, they also shot this on film, and it shows yes. like it looks so good. It's great. I mean, it's meant to show what two thousand four. What year is this supposed to be? Uh, it takes place two? over. I think yeah, I think somewhere around there might be right. Early but. early two thousands, I yeah. think they say or right at the beginning. I think it was two thousand four. And by doing that, I mean it really just shows the time better as well, like as aesthetically by by matching what they would be using more often in that era than now. And I I just like that. I mean I I know two thousand four already they were made already really into digital, but uh, you yeah, know. yeah I mean it's always it's always good to shoot on film. I think it always helps the aesthetic. And uh, so we'll be right back and starting our scores for Bad Education after this brief break. Stick around. Looking for school options for your child? Step Up for Students helps lower-income families with just that by awarding scholarships so children can attend the kindergarten through 12th grade school that best meets their learning needs. Step Up for Students also helps children ages 3 through 22 with certain special needs with the Gardner Scholarship. Visit stepupforstudents.org. That's stepupforstudents.org. Every child deserves a chance to succeed. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. This is Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon, and we're talking about Bad Education, a film on HBO Max starring Hugh Jackman. Uh, We are now going to be starting up our stores here, so what's our first category? First category is first impression. I was very pleased with this a lot more than I thought I would be. Wasn't like groundbreaking, you know, like really made me love this thing right off the bat. But I think I was very, I was, I was very happy with this movie. I thought it was going to come in somewhere around like a five, maybe a six. I didn't think it would go any, any higher than that. I think it actually ends up being a seven for me. Uh, I wish it had some sort of 
happier ending, but it wasn't like the worst, like bummer ending ever. You know, Whiplash, I think, is probably one of the worst ones uh, in in terms of that. In in my opinion, uh, you know, other ones like that, maybe uh, um, Dead Poet Society, something like that. But I think a seven is my score for this for sure. Um, I did like it. Don't know if I, how how soon I would watch it again, but if it was on TV or something, maybe I'd, I'd probably rewatch it. Yeah, I've seen this twice now. First time I gave it a seven. This time I'm going to give it an eight. Um, it's my third favorite movie of the year so far, below Tenet and Hamilton. And hmm. I don't Hamilton doesn't even like the play Hamilton. Yeah, the recorded recording of the play Hamilton. So hmm. like it doesn't. I don't. Hamilton's weird because I don't know if I would count that as count. a film. Well, yeah. it's weird because it's I don't know if it actually counts or not because it's it's not eligible for Oscars, but bad, bad education isn't eligible for Oscars either. So like, oh, because it's streaming. Because it no, it's not because it's streaming. It's because it's a TV movie technically, um, and hmm. was eligible for Emmys. It's it was weird. Um, uh, but like the other streaming movies that came out this year will be eligible. So that's so odd. Well, I hope it gets something. I mean, yeah, it did win. Uh, it it was eligible for Emmys, and it won. I'm pretty sure best television movie. All right. I mean, out of all the, I I mean, if I'm thinking, of, I can't even think of really any other TV movies that I had been motivated to watch. This was on my outstanding watch. television movie is what yeah. it's called. Outstanding television movie. Okay. So yeah, so you're giving it an eight for first impression. Yeah, first impression is nice. an eight for me. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that too. I mean. Honestly, I'm probably feeling like 7.3, 7.4, but, you know, because of that, you got to round down. So, yeah. Yeah, the other nominees for that were like El Camino, Breaking Bad Movie, American Son, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, and the Unbreakable Kimmy Ship Movie, and I have not seen any of those. Yeah, so. I would, I, well, I would place this above those then, for sure. I'm glad it won uh, in that category. Because I think... It, I've this, only seen El Camino out of those, so. And El Camino's good, but I definitely think Bad Education is better. Yeah. And I mean, they marketed this well enough, and I had seen advertisements for it, you know, here and there. But uh, yeah, next category here, Gideon. All right, next category is story. I was amazed that this was like based off a true story. Yeah, I don't know how the guy who wrote it was actually, I think, in middle school or elementary school at this school district when this all happened, which mm. I thought was really interesting. Wow. Um, and it kind of comes through. And so he's it, a young writer. Too. Well, yeah. So it, it it just really shows what's um in the way in how like personal this kind of feels mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like it, it's it's very much um shows the world of this of this story and gets like especially with that 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 one shot or that one sequence when they're just showing all the different houses in yeah. the in the like it just feel, feels very uh they they flesh out the world of this school district very well and the people who live there yep um and that's very important to what the movie's trying to say and do as far as like what a bad education actually is. I thought, yeah, and I, I like how multi-layered all the characters are. Yeah. I think it's cool to kind of reveal more and more about these characters as the, I mean, the way that they do it. I mean, every movie reveals more and more about the characters as time goes on. This one does it, I think, a little bit on a larger scale with major uh, major things that they establish early on being kind of shifted as the movie goes on with uh Hugh Jackman's character in relationship with like his wife and like other things like that. So that was kind of interesting. It definitely went directions. I didn't think it would go like, yeah, (laughs) 
I mean, I was like, whoa, okay. I didn't know that about his character. And then, yeah. Well, two different times, basically. Yeah, two different times. Uh, and But also, like, all of the characters seem to be pretty, you know, decent people the way that they're written, even though they're kind of doing bad things, especially his character. And, like, I love, um, Pam Gluckin's niece. I think she's hilarious. Oh, I think she, okay. I think she's, she's so the low funny. point. I think she's so funny in, to me, man. Everything she does, like her just tiny mannerisms and just the way she talks with she, her hands and she goes like this. She feels like a Sopranos <laughs> like, character to me. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. Everything she does was just like the comedy. Yeah. Comedy gold. I think she's honestly my least favorite character in the whole thing. And she's my, what's kind of bringing the acting factor down. Although me. Ray Romano is also really funny in this, he might be. He the was other good funny part. Like he was when he's good, yeah. when he's talking when they, he's talking to Pam Gluckin and she's like, "There's no excuse." He's like, "Uh, you're 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 a sick woman. Uh, uh, you're some real sociopathic tendencies." And then she's like, "I, I, no I don't know what would make me do this. this. There's no excuse for it." And then and then Ray Romano's like, "Well, the sociopathic <laughs> <laughs> sociopathic tendencies." She's like. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just, that it was great. I thought That's probably that the funniest part of the whole movie to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not a comedy, but when they can write in some good stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think story-wise, I would probably give this an, I think an eight. Yeah. I'm feeling it there. I don't know if I would go higher, but I think it definitely went above and beyond what I was going into it expecting. Yeah, I, I am also going to give this an eight. I think just everything is sort of... There's not a single beat that's out of place, um, kind of like on break, but like every single little thing builds towards what we're going mm-hmm. to at the end. Yes. Um, and the the culmination, like the the pacing of it, and just the way that it evolves from the start, and we see, and the way we get to learn the characters, like everything just kind of works really well. It's it's just a really well written script. And unlike certain movies that kind of have this tension throughout, this one builds the tension pretty consistently from beginning to end on just like a steady uh, a steady rise yeah and i think that was really cool to see that and i've never seen a movie that so like it was almost like a, a like a perfect graph with like a, a a slope of one you know it's just exact it's showing going up at a 45 degree angle with that just starting at zero going all the way up to the peak you know i i, I was amazed usually it's kind of more of just a, a gradual rise and all of a sudden it's just there or it's that stri- or the uh, tensions that the entire movie, and so this one kind of had a different feel in terms of that to me. But uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Next category, Gideon, um, or did you give your well? Yeah, or- I, I, it's not as like structurally complicated. I, I did say eight for story. Okay, um, I was going to add one more thing. Like it's yes. it's not as structurally complicated as something that David Fincher is comp as. T- I'm going to keep doing the David Fincher comp- That's fine. comparison because I can't get over it. Um, it's not as structurally complicated as like the social network, mm. um, because this it so it's as far as what like what you're talking about is like building because like the social network it's like you know things and then you just kind of see how we get there and it's like the flashback structure. So I think that's like more impressive on a story level. Mm. Um, here is just like solid. It's not doing anything that's like holy crap, blow your mind kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but it's just very solid on a on a on a story uh, telling level. Um, absolutely. And so I just appreciate this when they come in and do their job and get out. Um, and just, and that it's just a, it's just the epitome of what an eight should be. Um, very true. Yeah. I, I think it, it has rock solid foundation to it and it, it builds a really, really good world and, and the characters are awesome. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to the third category, which is acting. 
I think everybody's really good in this except for the the, the niece. niece. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I felt like hers, her acting was just like almost, she, her character was almost comically stupid. Yeah, but I and mean, it's that's like, like she's, she's there for comic relief in a lot of I, ways. I get that. But it's like there's just a certain lack of just common sense about her that to me seems like so inorganic and so fake and they almost just wrote that character that way to j- just to be comic relief but it, it didn't really result in comic relief i don't know her acting or at least the way she acted out her character was was not great and um part of that has to fall into the shoulders of the director but uh besides her i think everybody else was really really good i think hugh jackman in this is fantastic yeah I think it the the amount of range he, he can he can do in throughout his 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 entire movie career he he's done fantastic musicals he's done action movies he's done serious stuff like this I mean, Some would argue too many musicals Yeah I would argue too many musicals I mean one musical is too many musicals for for my taste but you know uh, <laughs> I I just dislike that whole genre. That's just that's oh, on me. That wasn't a knock on the genre. I was just saying that some people think that he's a bad singer. But oh, I I don't I don't know. I think he's all right, but does better than I could do. You know, <laughs> but I wasn't uh, saying me. I was saying some people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I think his range as an actor is incredible. And to think like he actually did start out when he was younger. He was a teacher. Uh, he, oh, really? I think he, I he, he taught like Phi Ed in Australia <laughs> and there was like, I, I remember seeing a video, he was on like a red carpet event and one of his students became like a reporter and was asking him some questions and he, like he recognized him and <laughs> they had chit chatted a little bit and it was just really cool. Oh yeah. And that's the thing in this movie, the thing in this movie that kind of out of all the things story-wise that it does that it blows my mind the most is the thematic thing of like, we always remember the way the teachers relate to the students and the way he talks to that kid at the end. Yes, that scene brings, was my favorite in the whole thing. I, for me too. Because like he's he just goes off. He's with the raced car and you're not really sure where he's going with it and the drag <laughs> thing and he put, yep. floor it and it snaps off and he's like everything accelerate 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 like so that hold whole in the chair oh yeah. my gosh like that whole like there's it's it's just a it's an emotional roller coaster that just that one scene alone is yep. like a master class of and it's and it's hitting home the, the thing of the, the 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 moral of the story which is like you guys do not care about us you just want us for what we can do for your kids and it is seriously it so holds bad up. if i you know yeah yeah you know what reminding me of that scene that probably just negated the bad stuff from the one Girl, and his. Yeah, I think his, it levels right, we're out. On performance here. So. Yeah, so I think um, I would probably give it a nine for acting. Okay, um, I'm gonna say like I did for Unbreakable. This is about an eight for me. Um, like it just got very like I, I'm gonna go. It's across the board. <laughs> um, it's just got like very solid. Nothing like Hugh Jackman maybe would probably get an Oscar for this out of everyone else. Allison, like this. Yeah. This is gonna get some nominations. He, he would probably. be the only one. I mean, I would think. this is what. Like compared to Unbreakable, Unbreakable didn't get. I'm pretty sure it didn't get nominated for any uh, for any uh, acting nominations. But like, uh, this is one that if it was eligible for Oscars, I think it would get nominations. Yes, especially in this year where there's not as many movies coming out. That would be the scene they would um, submit too. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, um. Yeah. Unbreakable didn't get any nom- Oscar nominations. Period. Um. Yep. But like out of this year, especially like Hugh Jackman's probably my best actor right now. All right. Um. 
So you said you'd give it an eight for acting? Yeah, eight. Just because it's like it's again, it's the year. It's like I, nothing super mind blowing about I it. I can understand that. Um, and I like I, I don't want to go to a nine if it does if it's not necessarily deserving of that. So I'm gonna just go eight right now. It could go to nine in the future, but I'm gonna say eight for now. Look and feel. Fourth category, look and feel. Again, I think they did a really good job. It shows the time really well. The way that they filmed it was great. Uh, I have no complaints with the look and feel at all. I think everything was super solid. I think I would give this a nine as well. I think the aesthetic of being somewhere between an indie film and a big budget film was really cool. And the way that they do that. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that, that exemplifies that more than this. So I think I'd give it a nine. It was a, it was a unique aesthetic that I, I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah. It's looking more and more like I'm going to go eights across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, cause this, uh, I think I'm going to give an eight again, because again, it's just like everything about this movie is like the it's same. The it's like, it's all perfectly solid. It's the epitome of an eight movie. It, for right. Me. Exactly. It's, That's it's funny. like, everything's perfectly solid. It's not mind blowing. It's not a seven. Cause it's, it's like better than just a normal. Okay. Perfectly good movie. Yep. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's an eight. It's a, it's a, okay. it's an eight movie. Okay. That's fine. Um, like, like the, the shooting on film helps. Like, yes. I don't, I, I don't understand people who say that they can't tell the difference. Cause like yeah, it just it just is so much like I, if you shot this movie digitally, it just loses the texture that you yep. get from it. Um, I agree. A, a visible texture too. Yes. Um, and just again, it's very it's very much. I don't know if it's imitating David Fincher, but it feels so much like David Fincher to me. And I love David Fincher so much in the way that he shoots things. Good. Um, and again, like you said about like innovating camera angles, this one doesn't do it as much as Unbreakable does. Um, as far as like using camera angles to communicate emotion and stuff, at least not as obviously as he does. But yes, eight. Okay. Final category, effect. I was very pleased with this, more than I thought I would be. It had a really cool ending, and I liked the way that they ended it. Um, that made me happy. It it wasn't the most upbeat movie ever, but that's okay. But at least I think the payoff in this was better than that in Whiplash and other films that kind of have a similar... Dude, stop disparaging Whiplash. We're going to get into another argument. We don't have time for it. <laughs> but I think uh, my total for, for this would be eight. All right, again, I'm going to go eights across the board. This is the way it is. That. Um, yeah, like this is, it's perfectly entertaining. It's mm -hmm. got exactly the right amount of emotion that you want for this type of story. It's like start to finish, a great movie that you just enjoy watching. Nothing mind-blowing about it necessarily. Like it's just an eight movie. I don't know how else to say it. Okay. So uh, what's our final score then if you've crunched the numbers here, Gideon? That brings our final score to an 81. All right. Which that's, is the same as Tenet. That's not too bad, though. Yeah. I mean, so far, I mean, we have been seeing really good movies this year. Dude, I think. we have not agree disagreed like once yet. We got to yeah. watch something more. We got to bring a Star Wars movie in here so we can fight. Oh, that is a battle you do not want to do, man. Come on. Oh, that. I mean, hey, if, if it's the original ones, I think we'd have way more to talk about. If it's the if it's sequels, man, we are going to uh, a Coliseum battle in here, okay? It's going to be like Gladiator. <laughs> but all right, so. That's our teaser for next week, I think. I think we decided. What? That's doing, our teaser for next Star week. Wars? Star Wars. Oh, all right. Well, we'll you, see. We can't leave them on that and <laughs> then not do it. All right, we'll see. Thanks for tuning in to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Stick around because there's going to be the shuffle. And this has been Script to Screen with Max and Gideon. Thank you for tuning in. 